Boom goes the dynamite. Holy cow. <laughs> Week 10 of the NFL is behind us. The season is flying by, and we are here to break it all down for you. It's the SoCo Sports Show. This is the voice of Coco Rabbit, and I am joined as always by Seth Ott. <laughs> yeah, listeners won't understand the cow thing, but we had to take a couple tries at the open, and uh, Seth moved like a cow in one of them, so I had to set it up. For him uh, on the actual uh, the recorded run, so that's why Everyone you got the understands. extra the extra moo cow, uh, which probably seemed a little out of nowhere. If if this show is nothing but out of nowhere, that's true. That's true. Out of nowhere is one of the many reviews that we've gotten, along with I can't believe people listen to this crap. Um, and is so, this necessary? <laughs> you take the good with the bad, you know. Um, we have a lot to talk about today, and I want to start, before we get into any games, I want to talk about something that... Um, that we have uh, a tweet, though. We do get a tweet. Okay, I, we, well, I'll save my thing for after the tweets and sponsors. Let's get into that first. So uh, here comes a tweet. I, I don't know who from. I call you a punk. Iron Sheik. Fan of sports, we know this. Uh, he's he's pretty much replaced uh, John Gruden for this segment. He he owns all of the all of the uh, the tweet segments. Exclusive, um, he, huh? Exclusive. Exactly. He 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 makes John Gruden humble. Um, mm. But uh, Iron Cheek watching all the football action on Sunday, and his favorite player right now is clearly the quarterback from the Ravens because he just says Lamar Jackson exciting. <laughs> Lamar Jackson exciting indeed uh, we're going to talk about him a little bit uh, as time goes on but I, I have a feeling I know exactly when the Sheik tweeted this because uh, <laughs> Lamar was doing some crazy shit on Saturday so that, that's your Sheik tweet Sunday oh yeah Sunday I forget he plays on Sundays now <laughs> I call you a punk All right, let's pay the bills, as it were. Uh, first of all, our sponsor, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box and get 30 days of Audible in your first book for free. Free! Mathis Designs. You can find our friend Steph on etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. A paid. And Mike's Wood, which can be found on etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wet if you want to get that wood worked. Ah. <sighs> All right. After after the birth of uh, of two babies, two Soco babies, uh, Steph Mathis and uh, and Mike V and his wife Courtney are uh, they're open for business. So they're they're ready to get back into um, back into baby making. Got to got to pay for all that. Yeah, they're back to fucking. That's what that's what I would say on this podcast. <laughs> they're having some sex again. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, do business with those people. They're nice folks. And now they have college to pay for, so <laughs> they could use the help. Um, those are our sponsors. Let's kick it over to previously recorded Coco Rabbit for one more ad. Wow, great stuff. Previously recorded Coco Rabbit keeps bringing the heat. And uh, yet another good ad there. Hey, if you uh, want to hit up that anchor page and become a contributor, we appreciate you doing so. I want to give a shout-out to our contributors so far, Mike V, uh, Jared B, and Fuck You. Uh, who are so far our sponsors. Uh, each of them had a had a tequila shot in their honor on the main show. 
Uh, so go check that out. And if you want to become a sponsor, head to the Anchor page and do that. Uh, if you can't be a sponsor or a contributor, I should say, uh, just keep clicking these episodes, keep sharing them with friends. We really appreciate it. Uh, every little bit helps. So uh, we appreciate the clicks. That said, we got some uh, we got some other things to talk about. Let's get into some fucking football here. Um, and I don't have I I just realized I don't have a sounder for anything except for the hey let's do this. Ow! Ow! It's a quick, <laughs> it's a quick hit. Uh, not so quick hit. We're gonna talk about it for just a second here. Um, it was announced today. Colin Kaepernick is going to be holding a public workout. Uh, all NFL teams are gonna be invited to check him out. He's gonna do some on the field stuff and some interview stuff, uh, which. I think is very good. I think this is the exact thing. I think it should have happened a long time ago. This seems like the logical thing for him to do. He's worked out for individual teams before, but I think this makes a lot of sense, Seth, because Kaepernick's going to get a chance to show that he's still physically got it. He's going to be able to get at the podium, answer some of the questions, the hard questions that teams probably want to ask him. Uh, you know, if they have the nuts to go ask him, you know, they may ask, you know, do you intend on pro- protesting? And, you know, they get a chance to get some of those questions answered. Um, I think this is great for Kaepernick. Uh, it's a chance for him to showcase what he's got, and it's a good chance for NFL teams to, for one thing, even forget all of the sideline drama. There's, there's, there's realistically a potential that you could sign a number two quarterback and have him, and then now you have a guy. You don't need to go to the draft. You don't need to trade. Uh, you just sign this guy on the relatively cheap, I'm sure, uh, and here's a guy with NFL experience, Super Bowl experience. Uh, to add to roster. So a lot of teams just on that level should be at this workout. Um, But at the very least, this is a chance for teams to come uh, if they want, if they don't want him on their team, teams can come, they can watch him work out and say, ah, he's not a right fit for us and leave. And it's going to alleviate some of the drama when you talk about him being blackballed and all that stuff. So I think this is good for everyone. Um, And I'm interested, Seth, to hear what you think. Do you think teams should, do you think every NFL team should send someone to this workout or uh, do you see it where it's only a few, you know, a handful of teams wanting to see what Kaepernick's got? Um, I think, you know, I think most teams should probably go um, just for the, the sake, sake of a backup, depending on what he's asking for the contract. If he's asking for what he was asking for when he was, you know, kind of a first to free agent, which was basically like towards the highest paid quarterback money then then no <laughs> you know he, he shouldn't be they you know team shouldn't be interested but if he you know if he's looking for you know normal backup couple million a year money um and you know is willing to to sign with anyone and that type of thing then yeah absolutely um it, you know there, there's very few teams that have a solid number two backup um you know I, I would say prior to Andrew Luck um retiring then I would then that that's probably the only team I can think of with with him and Brissett um now Brissett's obviously the starter but um, hell, even the Colts now, you know, mm-hmm. Kaepernick could be an interesting look. But yeah, that, prior prior to Luck retiring, I'd say that's probably the only team that doesn't need to go. Um, you know, I, ever everyone else probably doesn't have that, you know, that that caliber of a backup. So, um, do I think teams will show up? Eh, I think there'll be a, you know a handful, but I don't think every team's going to show up. Um, mm-hmm. I think that. I think it's going to be a lot less than than what they anticipate as well. I you know I I would bet that you know Kaepernick's team's probably team excuse me thinks that um, you know half the half the league will show up or something like that even just to make a statement. But I don't know if even that'll show up. I think um, now there's been time that's passed and Kaepernick hasn't played in I don't know how many years now. Um, so you know teams are even if they're like oh you know you know see what he's got apparently he's still in shape and all that stuff. 
I just don't think teams are going to take the time because he's been out of the league for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I think? I think Vince McMahon's going to show up with a bunch of pyro and a giant check, and he's going to be like, come to the XFL. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, uh, no, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that we'll, we'll see some teams, but I don't think really the, the whole, um, you know, like – blackball thing matters to many teams anymore i don't i just don't think they care and so i i don't i don't think most nfl teams care so i i think at this point i don't think many people are going to show up Mm -hmm. yeah i think that you know we'll see what physically he's capable of there they released his camp released some statements about a month or two back that said a handful of things one thing that they said was that he was never really asking for this crazy amount of money that was reported his camp says that 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 was an untrue thing, uh, and I don't, you know, I don't know. We don't know what happened behind closed doors. Yeah, but that's all he said. She, she, he said, she said. We don't know either yeah, way. Exactly. Uh, and then another thing they said as part of that same release is that he's been working out continuously this entire time. So he's a guy who's healthy. Um, you know, he's still he's not old. You know, he's I don't think he's thirty, um, and he's got a ton of experience. If I have an NFL team, I'm at least sending a scout to this thing because there's 25 teams that could use him either as a backup. Shit, there's a hand. There's probably five or six teams that he could. I would put him in a quarterback com- competition uh, and see if he's capable of being a starter. Um, the Jets and Giants both. Fucking uh, Cleveland. I, I know they're all in on Mayfield, but I, I would allow him to be pushed. Uh, the Bears, I think, would be a good fit. Like, there's a lot of these teams. Miami. Uh, you mentioned Indianapolis. Like, there's a lot of teams that conceivably, if if he's as healthy as he says, and he hasn't lost too much of a step, there there are teams he could start for in this league. I think uh, it remains to be seen. We'll see what the workout is. I'm yeah. sure it'll be taped, um, and we'll hear a lot of stuff coming out of it. But it depends a lot on. And what I like the most about this is it's going to come down to physically what is he able to do. And I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see what that might be. Yeah, I, I just don't know. It's been you know he could be as in much shape as he possibly can be, but we've seen it even just this year with, with, you know, running backs, um, you know, the more, even a more demanding position that doesn't, that doesn't require as much, you know, like mental. Uh, I think the quarterback is probably the most mentally demanding um, position uh, in the NFL. Um, just even just physically though. I mean, you look at guys like Zeke and Melvin Gordon, both, you know, top elite players at the position and it took them four or five games to really get back into their, their peak uh, demand after missing just a training camp mm-hmm. um you know it's it's been years now um that that he's seen on the field action even when even when he uh you know was at the end of his his tenure he you know was was a backup for you know for a good portion of it too so like we just don't we just don't know um can he you know looking at his past accomplishments absolutely that you know he'd, he'd be a great fit for a lot of teams um it just remains to be seen like i can't say that he would be a good starter right now for a team because you know he hasn't touch the touch the field in you know two years or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah definitely it's gonna be really interesting to see i am personally rooting for kaepernick i hope he finds his way onto a team i think it'd be amazing to see him hit the field again but uh time will tell we'll see what this workout brings out and um you know as as time goes on um he'll 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 get his chances i think which is good um so we'll see we'll certainly uh we'll update folks after that workout takes place uh i think it's scheduled a couple weeks from now so um we will uh, we'll certainly see, and we'll, we'll be reporting on it if, uh, if he does find his way to the team for sure. But for now, uh, let's quit looking forward. we got to look to the past, and uh, we're going to recap the games from week number, Jesus, number 10? Oh, my gosh. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? 
All right. It was a crazy-ass week 10. This was, uh, we hit the, the, the trifecta, as I call it. Uh, Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night games were all very good games. And uh, that's pretty rare. Primetime games, not always uh, so exciting. And there was a lot of interesting shit that happened in between as well. Uh, we're going to start, though, with a couple of Coes teams Thursday oh, night. God. And my Raiders, man, my Raiders, 26-24 to 24 over the L.A. Chargers in a pretty good game. Uh, this was back and forth the whole way. And uh, we saw both of these teams, uh, if you watched both of them play in like week three, and then you watch this game, you'd be like, what the hell happened? Both these teams are so much better than they were early in the season. Uh, Chargers are finding their way offensively. Melvin Gordon is on track, uh, seemingly back to back to his old ways. Uh, 100 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, Keenan Allen led the way receiving. Phillip Rivers, though, not a great game here. 207 yards, he had two scores, but he had three interceptions, including the one that uh, clinched the game for the Raiders at the end. So not a great game for Rivers. But on the other side of things, Derek Carr... Uh, was efficient, if not, uh, you know, highly sexy. Uh, he was 21 for 31, 218 yards and a score. And then they got 71 yards and a touchdown from Josh Jacobs as well. So these are two teams that are that are improving and finding their way. And the Raiders, Seth, find themselves at 5-4, and four, a half game behind the Kansas City Chiefs. So they're right in the mix for that division now with another uh, another game against the Chiefs coming up soon. So... This is a Raiders team. I'm going to talk a little bit more about them later on that uh, that has found a way here. And they've won, let's see, one, uh, let's see, three of their last five. So they've got a couple losses sprinkled in there. Uh, and they have the Bengals-Jets coming up in the next two weeks before they go against the Chiefs. So I like what I see out of this Raiders team. Uh, Derek Carr seems to really have settled in, and, and he's he's played really well. Um, so they squeak out the win here over a Chargers team that I think is is just like half a step behind this Raiders team. Uh, they're at four and six now, just under five hundred, uh, but still only you know two games back from the Chiefs. So this is a division that all of a sudden looks a lot more interesting than it did two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, if the Chargers would have won this game, you'd have been like, "Oh, my Chargers, baby, they won." They're still both my teams. I still love them both. <laughs> but You're this so week, this week, Oakland is my favorite child. <laughs> Oh my God! The Raiders. If you pick, you know, if you pick fucking eighteen teams, you're bound to get a few of them that are winners. Hey man, um, uh, here's the thing: I already ordered a Derek Carr jersey. It's on the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you didn't realize it until you know, even this week. But yeah, the the Raiders they you know they have a legitimate shot for a, a playoff spot, and and with the way the AFC is, I mean. Fuck the Chargers could too with with a wild card spot too. Uh, so you know you never know with by, both either of these teams. But I think what the, the Raiders are definitely the more um, uh, more capable team um, to even maybe do a little damage in the playoffs. I just don't think I know Melvin Gordon's played better and and, and that type of thing. But the Chargers' offensive line is just so bad mm-hmm. um, that I they're they're not a team equipped to uh, get to. Get, you know, get really even get to the playoffs. I, you know, you look at Melvin Gordon, who's played a lot better the last couple of weeks. He has played against some some not great run defenses, but um, you know, watching the the highlights from him this week, uh, he had to do he had to do a lot to get the yards he got. He he was fighting for a lot of yards. He looked really really good, but you know, he kept getting hit. I think I've seen. I think I saw this that I don't know if it was the Chargers or not, but there there's a team that no, it was the Giants of Saquon, but. 
um, you know, watching those plays, you know, he's getting hit behind the line. The defenders are meeting him right away. So he's doing a lot to make this happen. I just don't think it's going to be enough for them to get to the playoffs. But with the, the Raiders, Josh Jacobs is playing amazing. He's banged up, but he's playing amazing. Um, Derek Carr is doing a lot with very little uh, on his team right now. And he's even doing it. He's throwing to, to the wide receivers a lot lately, um, these young, inexperienced wide receivers. Because, like, Darren Waller, he, you know, he had crazy production uh, the, you know, go, uh, the first five, six games of the season. And the last few, he hasn't been super productive. So, you know, he's starting to spread it out a little bit more, which is a really good sign for him. Uh, you know, with how well they're playing. So I, I agree. I mean, I, I like the Raiders. I, I like their style of football. Their defense still has a lot to be desired, especially in the secondary. Um, but, you know, they're they're playing really well. So it's it's good to see and, you know, potentially a playoff spot for them. Oh, I can't wait. <clears throat> this is a team definitely that's ahead of schedule uh, from where we thought they were at the beginning of the year. Uh, let's go here to, uh, God, this game just boggles my mind. Uh, the Saints fell to the Atlanta Falcons by a score of 26 to 9. This is the second game this year that the Saints have not scored an offensive touchdown. And it wasn't for lack of of, you know, moving the ball. They just couldn't complete drives. Drew Brees had 287 yards and uh, 152 of them went to Michael Thomas. They didn't get a lot of help on the ground here. They only had about 50 yards of total rushing. Um and on Atlanta's side of things, Matt Ryan uh, played he played fine, 180 yards, two scores and a pick. Uh, they got about 100 and looks like 150 or so yards rushing. Um, but this was a boring ass game. I watched a lot of it <laughs> and it was not entertaining. And these saints, y- you know, you hate to, you hate to really shift your opinion on a team based on one game, but this is a dog shit Falcons team, especially this defense. And they got after Drew Brees in this and really stuffed the run. And so I, I don't know what to think here. I- I'm, the, the Saints looked bad. I watched a lot of this game. They looked like a shitty team in this game. And I don't want to come off of them too much. They're still a 7-2 and two team. They're still one of the top two, maybe three teams in the NFC right now. Um, but this was a very ugly look. I don't know if, if you're freaking out more than I am, but I, I'm borderline concerned about the Saints team that lost to a terrible Falcons team. I I don't – I'm not concerned about it. They're coming off a bye. You know, there there's – well, buys can usually do one of two things for teams that can, you know, help them and get them healthy and, you know, keep the momentum going or it can, you know, take them down a notch. And I, I think that this is just a, a a matter of Drew Brees only had the one game prior to the buy coming out of the buy, um, just lost some of that momentum. I, I'm not worried about the Saints. We, we see this usually once a year from the Saints anyway, too. I mean, the same thing with, with the with the Patriots. We usually see, you know, a bad loss. Teams have bad games. I, I'm not concerned. I th- the the Saints still have a great defense. They still, you know, they they have a great run game. Uh, great Michael Thomas is still playing out of his mind. I mean, these games happen. I think they're this is only going to motivate them. They're going to be fine. A lot of folks picking them to uh, be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. We'll see how it shakes out here uh, in the coming weeks. Let's go to the Browns. Uh, the Browns. Where is it? Where is it? I don't they care won. that the I don't care that the Browns are are I don't care that they won. Uh, they're still a loser team. They're winners, winners. <laughs> you know what though? I have half a mind to play that sounder again about the Buffalo Bills because they were terrible in this game. Um, they I don't know. I, I watched again. This is another game I watched that was incredibly boring. There was not much going on. And down the stretch, uh, the Bills had a couple chances to put it away, and Josh Allen just couldn't do it. 
Um, the Browns, for the, to their credit, uh, Baker Mayfield had 238 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Nick Chubb added 116 yards on the ground. He's still playing great. And uh, they had leading receiver was Jarvis Landry, actually, with uh, 97 yards and a score. So uh, the Bills side of things, there's not even any fucking performances worth mentioning because they had barely any offense in this. Um, I The Bills are the worst 6-3 and three team I've seen in ages. Uh, this defense is still very good. But this offense is sad. It's it's so sad to watch. Um, I the Browns are still losers. Don't get me wrong, um, but they they beat this Buffalo Bills team in a you know they took it to them uh, when they needed to. So the Browns get a good win here. This is an ugly loss for the Bills in my opinion. And I think at six and three, the Bills are in position to be the top wild card spot. I'm not going to be surprised Seth if they fall out of the playoffs entirely. Uh, with a tough, tougher second half schedule than they had in the first half, and they're not playing well these past few weeks, especially on offense. Yeah, since the bye, they've they're a team that's come down a lot. I think um, you know they they have the the bad game against Miami where they still won. Um, you know they, they lost the next week, and then they, yeah they lose lose to the Browns. This is my one loss in in betting this week because the the Browns or the Bills uh, I had the plus two and a half, and they lost by three. God damn it! Um, but uh, no, I you know I think in terms of um, you know, where we're looking at these teams, the Browns, to their credit, they've played tough the last few weeks. Um, even, you know, even going back to against the Patriots, I know they lost by, you know, a pretty decent margin, you know, once the, towards the end of the game, but they are keeping it close in that game even. Um, you know, I think that they're starting to get back to kind of what made them successful last season, which was just running the ball as much as possible. Um, and then, you know, Baker would make plays here and there when he needs to. But, you know, Nick Chubb is, is uh, you know, still on a hot streak. And then they got Kareem Hunt back this week, who didn't have too bad of a game himself. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he had seven he or eight effective. catches. Yeah, yeah uh, he had, four he had, carries, 30 yards, and he had seven catches for 44 yeah. yards. So he, he played a real yeah. role. He's playing. He's playing a role. I think. I. I think that's what they're gonna do. I think they're. They're and they have a good defense. They're a team that creates a lot of pressure. They got a good run defense. Um, their pass defense isn't amazing, but they got a couple of good pieces there. Um, with with the rookie, I think Ward is their corner. But yeah, I mean, I think. I, I think they're gonna get back to that style of football. You know, they're not. People are expecting them to light the world up. You know, because of Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and Baker is playing well at the end of last year. But that's not what really made them successful last year. I mean, they had a couple of nice plays and stuff, but uh, it was mostly the running game. And I, I think now with Kareem Hunt in there fresh and, and looking good already, he was an instant impact, you know, regardless of who he is as a person, he was an instant impact on that team. Uh, so they're able to rotate in and out with, with him and Chubb, still give them both a ton of carries. So, you know, for the fantasy players out there, both those guys I think will be relevant. But, um, you know, in terms of, of how this offense is going to run, I you know I think that's what they're going to stick to and I think it's going to keep them successful. I I honestly do with with running the football well uh, and not putting as much on Baker like they were at the beginning of the season. I think that they could do a little damage here towards the the back end of the their uh, season. Yeah, don't be surprised if they end up with a decent record. They have a cakewalk for their second half schedule. The Bills on the other yep. hand pretty tough uh these next handful of games. So, uh we'll see how the AFC uh, standings change over the next month especially for these two teams. Uh, we're going to switch over to the NFC, though, the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. Uh, Bears win this one 20-13. We were kind of surprised uh, right there at the end of the week, or at least I was, uh, by a Matt Stafford inactive. Uh, Jeff Driscoll was the starter for the Lions here. He had 269 yards and a touchdown, also had an interception. Um, Driscoll Jazzy also had 37 Jeff. yards rushing. So, um, 
you know, he, he had 300 or so yards of total offense. Uh, the typical stuff, uh, Jones and Galladay were the leading receivers. Uh, they didn't get a lot on the ground, but uh, for the Bears here, Trubisky, only 173 yards on 16 attempts, or 16 completions, that is, but three touchdowns here. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, Tariq Cohen, and some guy named Ben Brownacre, who will probably never catch another pass. Um, <laughs> David Montgomery had 60 yards rushing. So this was a another very low-volume offensive game that the Bears were able to, uh, you know, they were able to win by a spread of a touchdown here. This doesn't tell me much. Uh, I still think the Bears stink, even though they get the win here, because I think Stafford would have won this game. I think he may, he think he means more than a touchdown uh, to this offense. So Detroit at three five and one is finding themselves quickly uh, sliding toward irrelevance this year. But uh, for the for the Bears, they're they're clinging to uh, you know that in the hunt. Uh, sort of uh, category right now, but I, I don't mm. have any faith that they're improving even after this win. I don't know if they're in the hunt even with the record they have now. I mean, it's it's going to be tough um, down down with the number of teams that are you know that that have only three losses um, and and looking at upcoming schedules. I don't know if that their schedule is going to be able to do it, but and their record is going to be able to do it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think Stafford probably would have won this game, you know, full health. He, if he was at full health and was in it, cause he's been playing lights out the last three, four weeks. So yeah, I think this probably would, wouldn't even been that close of a game with, with Stafford in there, you know, watching some of the, the highlights from Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Um, he was fine. You know, he, he had some really nice throws and, and made some plays with his feet. Um, but, uh, he, you know, he, he did sail a few of them and I, did you say he threw a pick or two? He had one interception. One okay, so yeah, he 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 had a couple sale on him, and you know, just I think honestly that probably comes with just you know not being in that position, you know, for for very long as the starter, um, and it was a kind of a late in the week thing with Stafford, so I don't think he you know was was preparing to be the, the starter for most of practice last week, so um, you know he he looked fine enough to to I think you know make have the Lions' offense continue to roll. Um, in terms of the Bears, yeah, it's you know again with 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 Trubisky. You know, he had, the th- he had the three touchdowns, but they were all very short yardage, minus one big play. And, you know, he, he had under 200 yards on one big play, really. You know, it's uh, he's still not a, a good quarterback. Uh, the Bears, I don't think. Yeah, you know, against the Lions even, who don't have a great defense, Montgomery didn't do great. They didn't have a ton of yards, um, you know, for, uh, for for receiving either. So, I don't know. I, I just think, I don't think the Bears are going to do much more damage here uh, in the in the coming weeks. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, we roll on to someone who's doing a lot of damage. That's Lamar Jackson. And he absolutely tortured the Bengals this week. Uh, the Ravens win this one 49-13 in Cincinnati. Uh, Lamar Jackson had <clears throat> uh, 15 for 17, 223 yards, three touchdowns in the air. That's a perfect passer rating, 158.3. Also had 65 yards and a touchdown, and that rushing touchdown was the sickest looking fucking Madden video <laughs> game run I've seen in probably five years. It was insane. Um, he was backed up by uh, Mark Ingram, who added a touchdown. But uh, this this really was the Lamar Jackson show. And he, like I said, he just torched, torched the Bengals here. Uh, they didn't have a lot of offense to speak of, except for Joe Mixon, his first 100-yard game of the season. It took him 30 carries to get there, so he still averaged below four yards per carry. <laughs> but uh, But they gave it to Mixon a lot here. And yeah, again, the Bengals go to 0 and 9. They stink. the The Ravens did what they should have done against this team by just absolutely steamrolling them. But this Lamar Jackson dude, uh, he is. A lot of folks are are putting him into the MVP conversation. He's been incredibly efficient. 
Uh, he's putting up some really good numbers. Even if you look historically, his passer rating, his touchdowns, his rushing yards are right up there with some of the like all-time best numbers in terms of his first 20 starts or however many he's had. Um, mm-hmm. So Jackson has been incredible. Are you buying any of this MVP hype, or do you think more of the credit should go to the wider team than just to Jackson here? Um, I mean, I think with the numbers he's putting up, it's it's hard not to put him in that conversation. Um, you know, I still think that someone like Wilson is, is especially after you know Monday night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, I think he's still, I think he's still the lead right now, um, just because I think Baltimore is the more talented team if you look at it as a whole as a whole um, compared to Seattle, but. You know, with the numbers he's putting up and, and you know, you look at this offense specifically with, you know, Joe Flacco last year, um, they they wouldn't, there's no way they'd be putting up these numbers. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot to put on Lamar Jackson there for, for uh, MVP, but they're, they're, they're running, they're, they're, they're running the ball great. They're throwing the ball great. Uh, Mark Ingram is, is uh, consistently getting a hundred yards a game. The defense is playing super well. Um, you know, apparently Marcus Peters has needed to play on a different team to be a good cornerback. Yeah, what the fuck, um, cause, Peters? Because <laughs> he's been excellent. Um, he's had multiple. I think he's had three picks since go- coming over to the to the the Ravens and a couple of uh, game ceiling picks that he's had too. So you know, he he's he's been great. The entire defense has been great. Um, you know, it's it's uh, as a Bengal. Excuse me, someone who's a Ra- uh, I'm not a Ravens fan, but someone who is a Ravens fan, uh, they'd be very excited. Maybe the Ravens will be my uh, the So's team instead of the Co's team. Oh, so um, how 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 great of <laughs> how great of analysis the seven and two best team in the AFC perhaps <laughs> can be a Seth's team. I like it. <laughs> yeah, the Patriots. The Patriots are all, are also a So's team. Um, I, I, I like the 49ers too. Um, oh, of course you fucking do. <laughs> no, I'm not. I only pick one. One team because I actually, you know, like my football team. Oh, so. here we go. Here we go. Now he's uh, you know, I'm a true teams. fan. I'm here a true fan. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but Ra- Ravens are, you know, they're they're on a roll, and uh, you know, I think I think it's hard not to say they're the best team in the FC right now. Um, you know, having beat the beat what I what I think is the best team, or you know, what I did think is the best team in the AFC uh, with the Bengals, uh, they suck. Uh, move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ravens at seven and two. If the Patriots slip up, Ravens could be sliding into that number one spot in the AFC. I would hate to be going to Baltimore to play them in January. Um, let's take a look at the Titans, another one of Coe's teams, and they beat the oh fucking Chiefs. What the hell? Uh, the final here was 35-32. Ryan Tannehill leads a game-winning drive uh, with a touchdown pass to some guy named Ferkser. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Ferkser with the uh, the game-winning touchdown. So uh, Titans like go Fasha. to 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Chiefs fall to six and four and Mahomes was back in this game and he was just fine. Uh, 446 yeah. yards, three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this loss does not fall on the shoulders of Mahomes. By the way, Tyree Kill, who I know is on your fantasy team, 11 catches, 157 and a touchdown. Holy cow. Um, so that offense seems to be back on track with 32 points, but they find a way to lose this game, 32-35. Now the Titans at five and five are just outside of, you know, the teams that seem like a threat right now to to get to a playoff position in the AFC. But the Chiefs right now, like we said, only a half game above the Raiders. Uh, at 6-4, and four, this is not a team that looks like one of the top two teams in football that we thought it was a month ago before the Mahomes injury. But Mahomes has lost his last, God, I think his last three starts, Mahomes has lost. And, you know, Mahomes is still incredible, and I don't think that this game is on him. But does the rest of this Chiefs team have enough to make a run in the playoffs? Or is this is this a case of, you know, the Aaron Rodgers teams we've seen in the past where 
you know, he is amazing, but the team isn't good enough to get him wins. It, it, it's, I'm starting to wonder if that might be the case. What do you think? I don't know. I, I don't, I, I can't say that's, that's the case necessarily. I mean, the, they are pretty banged up. I know, especially along the offensive line. Um, and that, that's going to be an issue probably all year for them. Um, I still think in terms of talent, though, they still have pretty much the same amount of talent they had last year. So it's really not that different of a team. I think it is just a matter of fortune with with the injuries and things like that. So um, I think I think they're going to be fine. And I know Mahomes played well and everything like that. Um, but, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, it's his first game back. And, and, you know, you just don't know. You really don't know. They're, 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 the Chiefs are just kind of in a weird state right now and it, just as, as an overall team. And I think they're going to be fine i think they're gonna get it right and, and I, I i think you know by playoff time they'll they'll have that division more than likely but you know they are in a tough spot i think they're they are in a, a little bit of a precarious spot the titans though too i mean they've played really well since Tannehill has been has taken over and they're a team that i wouldn't be surprised if they win their division even you know it's um they're 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 not too far behind uh, like the texans and the colts lost recently so um you know i think I think that they're in a decent spot to even maybe win their division and, and potentially, you know, make a make a, a run at it. They got a good defense. Derrick Henry had like 140 yards or something like that uh, rushing this week. Um, so they're, they're they're able to run the ball really well. Um, I you know we'll, we'll see about about the Titans. I think they can maybe maybe make a run at it too. Maybe another one is Coast teams. Maybe it could be a a, a, a Coast team uh, wild card battle with with the the Raiders and the the uh, Titans. I would love to see that. Um, Derrick Henry, by the way, uh, I I had to look at it because I thought you overshot the number. You're actually low. He had 188 yards. <laughs> 88 and two yards. Touchdowns. Okay. I I thought it was either 144 or 188, and I couldn't remember for sure. I was like, no way he ran for that much. Yeah, no, he did, and then some. Uh, Derrick Henry has been great this year uh, in several games, a lot of 100-yard games. Um, so, yeah, this Titans team, you know, not to not to keep pumping up Coe's teams, but, um, but they're a team that looks like they're figuring some things out, which is exciting. So we'll see what they do in the coming weeks as well. Uh, let's go to New York, where the Jets and Giants played a game that means nothing. Uh, so we'll be we'll be super brief here. Uh, the final in this one, oops, I'm on the wrong page here. The final in this one was 34-27 uh, for the Jets here. So this was, ended up being an entertaining game. Uh, Sam Darnold had 230 yards, one touchdown, and then um, they had about 75 total rushing yards, and they got uh, some defensive help uh, with some touchdowns as well. So uh, on the Giants' mm-hmm. side of things, Daniel Jones, 300 yards and four touchdowns, not enough to get the win here. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 13 carries, one yard in this game. Uh, he also caught five passes for 30 yards, but the star for the Giants was Darius Slayton. He had 10 catches, 120 yards, two touchdowns. Again, not enough for the win. Uh, Giants 2-8, and eight, Jets 2-7. and seven. You know, the, maybe this game decides who gets the fourth pick and who gets the fifth pick at the end of the season. <laughs> I, I, not, a, not a whole lot to pull out of this one. Um, yeah, I mentioned earlier um, with Saquon, there is a stat. So um, I, I believe... He, uh, it's the one of the highest in history. But in terms of like, you mentioned the thirteen carries for one yard. He's um, the reason. A big reason behind that is basically he's on every carry. Um, at least I, I don't know if it's in that game or overall this season. Uh, basically, he's being met five yards behind the, the line of scrimmage um, each carry that he has. <laughs> like oh that's God. an average. So like his line is just 
garbage and he's having to even have one yard uh in that game is impressive <laughs> because he's having to do a bunch of work so um you know it's tough it's tough for him um it might even just been that that game or like a stretch of the last three games or something like that I don't think it's the entire season but um it's it's rough so you know the, the Giants are are a long ways off they need a lot of help in a lot of places but it's encouraging for Giants fans to see what Daniel Jones is doing you know I think that's um it's probably similar to like what Eli hap, you know, had to go through in his first few years of, of uh, playing for the Giants too, putting up some decent numbers, but just not a lot of help around him. So um, there's a lot of pieces they need. Same thing with the Jets, though. Um, you know, I think that this is this is a good game for the Jets because they've looked really, really, really bad the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And so to come out there, even against a team that's you know a lot, a lot of people had on their level, or even you know maybe a few steps ahead of them, to come out there, put up a bunch of points after not putting up much. Um, and uh, getting a win is, is good for them in terms of just the direction of the franchise, knowing that, hey, you know, not everything is a complete loss. We have a few pieces here, and maybe we can put it together. Honestly, I think the Jets, just looking at the pieces they have, are closer than the Giants are in, ter- in, in terms of, you know, making a step forward. Um, but they're still a, a ways off, too. So, um, you know you know what we'll see, you know, in the coming years of both of these teams. But for now, this pretty pretty much was a meaningless game. Yep, I agree. Uh, a not meaningless game. This was a newly coined term uh, that Seth and I decided on. It was Seth's idea. Americo's Game of the Week <laughs> between two of Co's teams, and it did not disappoint. We had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Arizona is a Co's team now. Arizona's a Co's team. What? I thought you knew this. <laughs> I, I just thought the Buccaneers were. The Buccaneers definitely are. Um, I don't. Maybe the Cardinals aren't. I don't know. I got to decide. It's hard to have a Coe's team in, in the same division teams as the Rams. How many teams do you have? I, Co, I should clarify. Coe's teams are the teams that I love to watch because they're always exciting, even if they're not winners. And these are both Coe's teams because their games are always exciting. And this one was also uh, a 30-27 to 27 win in favor of Tampa Bay. Uh, Jameis Winston had 350 yards and a touchdown, but he did have two picks. Really put the game in jeopardy uh, near the end with one, too. So... Um, not a huge stat game for them on the whole. It was spread out pretty evenly among several receivers, uh, Mike Evans, Ronald Jones, and Chris Godwin. Ronald Jones was uh, pretty effective in this game, though. He had 29 rushing yards, but he also had 77 passing yard, or receiving yards on eight carries, or eight catches, I should say. So Jones uh, seems to have really found his way into a featured back role for the Buccaneers here. Uh, on the Cardinals side of things, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Kyler Murray here. 324 yards. Three touchdowns. He did have one pick. Uh, and then he had th- 38 yards on the ground, too. So uh, in a game where they didn't get much else, uh, you know, from Kenyon Drake and from David Johnson, uh, Christian Kirk was the recipient of three touchdown catches. So it was a huge game for him. This game came down to the end. Um, you know, it, it all the way all the way down to it. Uh, Arizona had a chance to go and get the win. But um, in a wildly entertaining game that was close the whole way, uh, Tampa ends up coming out with the win here. Both these teams are uh, well. Tampa's three and six. Arizona's three six and one, and neither of them is threatening to get into the NFC playoff. Um, but I think both of these teams have some things to be excited about. There's a lot of talent on this Bucks team. Uh, this defense is better than people realize too, especially their rushing defense. At one point, they were number one rushing defense in the league. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. still the case, but they're still playing really well, and they're making some plays happen on the back end too. Uh, Winston has not really provided any clarity for whether or not he's the future of this franchise, but they've got some offensive weapons. 
And on Arizona's side, you got to be encouraged by what you continue to see out of Kyler Murray. He's been really special this year, especially for a rookie, especially on this team, which does not have a surplus of talent. Um, but Arizona has played tight, even in the games they've lost in the past couple weeks. They've played down to the end. So I like what I'm seeing out of both of these teams, even though they're not probably going to be playoff contenders. Uh, they're definitely not going to be playoff contenders. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I think I, I definitely don't think Winston's going to be back. Um, I, I, I think that he's proven time and time again that he's not a winning quarterback. He, he, he deserves that sounder that you have, the loser sounder. <laughs> loser, loser. Also leads the he, league, I believe, um, in turnovers. Yes, he's always and he always has. He's always been an interception prone quarterback, and you know it, it's unfortunate because he's you know he had a lot of promise coming out of college, but uh, you know I, th- I think he's going to go the way of uh, of uh, oh god I I had him in my head and uh, oh the Raiders court Jamarcus Russell he's going to go the way of Jamarcus <laughs> Russell. You know I, I think in terms of what we see from in the future, I they need to they need to get a quarterback in there. Um, they they need to get. You know, someone who's not going to, you know, turn the ball over a ton and, and lose them games like Jameis has done in the past. Um, do they draft it? Do they, do, you know, the quarterback, do they sign a quarterback? I don't know. Um, but they're definitely a quarterback and a few, and definitely a, a secondary away from being a good team because uh, as good as their, their run defense has been, their pass defense has been absolutely trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've allowed the, the most receiving touchdowns and receiving yards and catches out of any defense this year. So uh, and, and they just today released uh, their former first-round pick, Vernon Hargraves, who's been absolutely terrible too. So um, you know, releasing a first-round pick is never a good sign when you're that bad of a defense. So um, they're, they're still far ways off, uh, you know, in, in those two aspects. Uh, the Cardinals though, you know, I agree they're they're, they're looking up too, but they're still, they're still a, a, almost an entire defense off. I think right now, uh, they just cannot stop anyone. Um, but Kyler Murray's looked great. Um, David Johnson is, it's just getting back healthy, I think, but he didn't have a great game, but he, you know, he's been off the last couple of games and, and that type of thing too. So, you know, offensively, I think they're pretty much there other than maybe their offensive line. Um, defensively though, they still need a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, you know who else needs help right now is the Indianapolis Colts. Holy cow. They lose 12-16 to 16 to the Miami Dolphins. It's been a tough couple of weeks for Indianapolis. Uh, Brian Hoyer did end up playing in this game in place of the injured Kobe Brissett. He had 200 yards and a, and a touchdown, but three picks. Uh, tough to win a game when you throw three picks. Just ask my Rams. Um, Marlon Mack mm-hmm. led the way with rushing 74 yards, but they didn't have a lot of offense to speak of. Uh, on the Dolphins' side of things, again, not a lot of offense to speak of. Um, 169 yards from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, it looks like they had less than 300 yards of total offense, both teams. So this was an incredibly boring game again. And the Colts now, you know, losers of uh, of two straight games against the Steelers and the Dolphins. I think for me, Seth, I'm, I'm starting to shift my uh, end-of-season prediction to the Texans as the winner of this AFC South and not the Colts like I thought a couple weeks ago. Where are you? I, I don't know yet. I think that, you know, the, Jacoby Brissett only played a half game, you know, the prior game, and then didn't play at all this game. Um, I think that he's he's a much better quarterback than people give him credit for, and, and um, you know, he's, he's the leader of that team, I think, right now. So, I, I you know, I think that... The, we would have much different outcomes if he would have played, you know, the entire, you know, the, the last, you know, entire half, a game and a half. But mm-hmm. um, 
it's going to be tough because if he, you know, if he doesn't come back, it sounds like he'll be back this week more than likely. But you know, if not, or if he, you know, comes back a little bit slower and and is you know is not playing up to the level he was before, you know, it could could be enough room for the Texans to take over. You know, I know we still have you know a hand, you know, a little bit less than half the season left, but um, you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't know either the schedules and that type of thing too, but you know there there is a smaller smaller window now for the Colts to to keep pace. So ho- hopefully, um, you know for their sake they can. Um, yeah, the, the, the losing losing the game to the Dolphins is tough, but there there is that silver lining that you know it wasn't Jacoby Brissett. So um, and the Dolphins, they're a team that since since they're by, they've played really tough too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they they they've had they, uh, they've won two games now and and they they played really really tough against uh, like I mentioned with with the the Bills. So um, you know they're they're not just giving up yet either. So yeah, you talk about the uh, the Colts going forward. Um... They have a tough finish to the season. They go Jaguars, Texans, Titans, Buccaneers, Saints, Panthers, Jags. So they're going to have to really figure some shit out or they're going to be losing a a handful of those games and find themselves out of the hunt. So uh, let's continue forward. And, yeah, you're right. Shout out to the Dolphins. Two straight wins. Um, And this is a team that's starting to have a little bit of belief in itself, which is great, except for that they're going to fuck themselves out of the best draft pick. So (laughs) They're going 9-7 and the hard way. There you go, nine and seven the hard way, a backdoor nine and seven, as it were. <laughs> uh, let's go to Green Bay. The Packers were twenty-four to sixteen winners over the Carolina Panthers. This was another really good game. Came down right to the end. Um, Panthers were within inches of uh, having a potential tying touchdown to close things out here. Uh, for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers had two hundred and thirty-three yards uh, passing. Aaron Jones was the star here, though ninety-three yards on the ground. And he had three touchdowns, so he did he did the bulk of the scoring here uh, for the Packers and for the Panthers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey got his as he is wont to do, uh, 100 yards on the ground and a touchdown, added 33 yards through the air. DJ Moore had a big game, nine catches, 120. Kyle Allen in total, 307 yards, a touchdown and a pick. So this was a good game. Uh, I think that the better team won here, but I think the margin is right. I think this is a Panthers team that they're in that in-the-mix category for a playoff spot. They played the Packers tough here, uh, Packers who go to 8-2. And, two. and uh, yeah, I think these teams are right where I would expect them to be, uh, a touchdown difference between them. But I think these are both potential playoff teams. Uh, we did get the news here, Seth, that uh, Cam Newton is going to be out for the season. He's on IR. So Kyle Allen is your starter for the foreseeable future. Do you think he's got a real chance at leading this team to the playoffs? And uh, what'd you see out of the Packers here? Uh, were you impressed by their effort, even in a somewhat down game from Rogers? Um, I think I like Kyle on a lot. I think he is, he's looking really good. Um, you know, he, he almost let a comeback uh, and especially like that game probably could have been different, um, you know, down the stretch uh, if, uh, the weather didn't turn as nasty as it did. Uh, you know, it's it, from the sounds of it uh, that there's a lot of players slipping and sliding, not being able to get some feet, uh, you know, feet in the ground, and and uh, you know, it's tough to tough to throw. Um, and so Kyle Allen was impressive here uh, on that last drive, especially. So you know, unfortunately, they just couldn't quite punch it in. But you know, they they were close. They were really really close. So um, you know, it's good to see that on you know on the road uh, effort again. You know, with, with the Panthers. The Packers have kind of done what what they you know what they've what they did the first half of the season here. You know they ran they ran the ball very very well. Um, they uh, you know Rodgers made the throws when he needed to. He wasn't crisp or anything like that. But you know he kind of took the back seat again like he did the first half of the season. Played good defense, not great defense, but good enough. 
and uh, you know they got the win in a tough game. So you know, kudos to them, even though I hate saying it and was really hoping for them to lose. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, I think the one weakness of the Panthers has been their run defense. Uh, they were absolutely torched in this game, and I believe that over the last like three or four weeks, they're the the worst run defense in football. So that's not good. For, good, uh, you know, on their end, uh, you know, because their defense has been pretty good overall this year for the most part. So it's not good to see them kind of trending in that direction, but. Um, I still like the Panthers a lot. You know, they got a lot of talent on that team. Kyle Allen's playing well. McCaffrey's always a factor to score at any play. You know, he anytime he touches the ball, he could score. So, um, you know, I think they're they're going to be a threat uh, for the uh, for the wild card spot potentially. Uh, it's going to be a tough tough race though uh, here over the next few weeks uh, with the Seahawks and the Vikings. Um, you know, in in that in the for firmly in the in the spot of that that wild card uh, position right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things could get interesting here. Uh, the Rams, my LA Rams, uh, did not help themselves out this week. They go to Pittsburgh and lose by a score of 17 to 12. Uh, the Rams second game this season without an offensive touchdown. Jared Goff was not great here. 243 yards, two picks. And, uh, he also lost a fumble. So, uh, a very bad game for Goff. And, uh, you know, Todd Gurley here, a lot of folks who watched this game said, you know, why didn't they go to Gurley more? Uh, he did have 12 carries and turned it into 73 yards. So Gurley had a solid game, uh, even mm-hmm. though not a high volume one. And this was a team, uh, and I watched this whole game, that just did not ever quite look right. And a big part of that, Seth, was the Steelers' defense. Because mm-hmm. under the radar for the past month or so, by the way, Steelers, winners of four straight games, and this defense is playing out of its fucking mind right now. Uh, TJ Watt has been ch- – he was chasing Jared Goff around. Jared Goff's probably having nightmares about TJ Watt. Um, and then this kid, Minka Fitzpatrick, who was added to the Steelers last month, uh, already making huge plays. He had a, a, yep. a pick touchdown – a pick six, I should say, um, in this game. Actually, no, it was a fumble recovery touchdown and then also a pick. So Fitzpatrick was huge. This Steelers defense – I don't know when it happened, but all of a sudden it's a great fucking defense. And mm-hmm. on offense, Mason Rudolph is doing enough. Uh, 242 yards and a touchdown here. Didn't get a lot of help on the ground here. Uh, Jalen Samuels being the starting running back because James Conner and the second guy are hurt. So they can't really run it. So they've just been throwing it to Samuels. Um, he caught three passes in this one as well. So in, in a, on a team where a year ago it was Le'Veon Bell, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, and Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger's hurt, Antonio Brown's on another team, Le'Veon Bell's on another team, and Juju Smith-Schuster has wildly underperformed expectation. But this is a 5-4 and four team that right now sits in the second playoff, or the second wildcard spot of in the AFC. They would go to the playoffs if the season ended today. I don't know. I must not have been paying very close attention to the Steelers, but all of a sudden this is a real team that is going to have a chance to make a run here. Uh, and it's going to be on the shoulders of that defense, which is going to be exciting to see. Um, you know, a season that they thought was lost, they could potentially find some hope in. The Rams, though, trending in the perfectly opposite direction. This was an ugly game for them, and this puts some real doubt in uh, the general thought of whether or not this is actually a playoff team because they're they're not getting a lot out of the rush game, they're not getting anything out of the offensive line, and they just lost their starting center for the season. So. This team, the Rams are still mathematically in it. They're going to have their chances to get back into the race for the wild card. But I've got my concerns uh, about my Rams. Um, I, I'm not saying I'm jumping ship to the Raiders just yet, but um, <laughs> but my Rams have some stuff to figure out if they're going to win some games down the stretch with a really tough back half schedule. 
Yeah, I I think with with the Steelers, I'm I'm really not too surprised by this. I you know they're a team that has played really really good defense. I you know, I mentioned in the last uh, few weeks that uh, that they they have been playing really good defense. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick has been just making plays all over the place. Uh, you forget too, they have Joe Hayden, who is a uh, you know former Pro Bowl quarterback, still decently young, and he played really well. Yeah, I think he had a pick in this game too. So they have two uh, really really good corners, uh, one young stud and one you know seasoned veteran. So. Um, plus TJ Watts been playing out of his mind. They're creating a ton of pressure. Um, yeah, the, you mentioned the strength of this team is that defense. And, you know, with, with the, the AFC, the way it is right now, um, you know, they're, they could be a tough team to, to beat, uh, in, in the playoffs. So, um, it's weird to say, well, you know, like you said, without, without Roethlisberger, um, you know, it's weird to say that, but Rudolph, like you said, has done enough. Uh, they, they've got enough out of their running game. Their offense really isn't playing amazing, but they're doing enough to win games because their defense is playing so well. Um, the Rams, I think you, you hit the nail on the head is, is their offensive line. Um, we've seen this throughout in, the entirety of Goff's career. When he is under pressure, he is not a good quarterback. Um, you know, he, he, he had the luxury last year of having a great line who wasn't hurt and he had all the time in the world last year and he, you know, he played very well. Um, but when he's under pressure, he, he, he's just not very good. And, and they lost their center. Their offensive line as a whole has played bad. Um, Gurley has played, he, you know, he, he actually has played well in terms of, if you look at an average, uh, you know, in terms of yards per carry, as well as uh, his touchdowns, he should still end with a, a relatively, you know, a good season, nowhere near where he has, but he's going to still put up numbers. I think, um, I just think that the main issue is that offensive line and the defense for whatever reason can't play, you know, up, up to the, the caliber that they should, you know, in terms of the, the money they're paying that defense. So, um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I, I, I don't like the Rams right now, man. I think, I think the Rams are, you know, kind of, kind of on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to, uh, I'm afraid to say that I agree with you. Um, this team has some stuff to figure out and not a lot of time to do it here as we get closer to the end of the season. Uh, let's shift gears to your team though. Sunday night football, the Minnesota Vikings beat the Dallas Cowboys 28 to 24. And if I know you, this was more of a relief than something to be excited about, <laughs> um, but the Vikings get to seven and three behind a a Kirk Cousins game, uh, 220 yards and two touchdowns, which looks great on paper. Uh, I heard an interesting stat today, only six completions to wide receivers in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. So this was a lot of tight end and running back play. Speaking of running backs, Dalvin Cook, 97 yards and a touchdown to go along with seven catches and 86 yards through the air. So Cook was a stud, continues to be awesome, and uh, he ran right over the Cowboys, who uh, for Dak's part, uh, he did well in this game. 397 yards, three touchdowns, did have a pick, but they didn't. They just didn't get it from the run game here. The Vikings really stuffed them. Elliott had 20 carries, only 47 yards. Uh, Amari Cooper led the way with 147 yards and a score through the air. So this was a really good game between two playoff caliber teams, but uh, I think the story here, Seth, might be that the Vikings went in prime time and played well enough to beat a complete team and a good one in Dallas. So you got to be uh, pretty happy with what you saw Sunday night. Yeah. I mean, can't say I wasn't, well, <laughs> I can't say I wasn't shocked by it. Cause I was definitely was, I uh, thought this was going to be a loss and I didn't think it was going to be very close. Um, so, you know, it, it was good to see cousins. Like he didn't have the game was never on him. You know, he just played kind of like Rudolph. He played well enough, uh, you know, to get the victory. Um, yeah. He, I, this honestly, I think was more of a game plan victory than it was even, you know, just a, uh, I think the offensive coordinator won this game before the game started because, um, 
they did throw a lot of screens, uh, and uh, you know the the couple of touch uh, tight end. I mean, most of the completions were to Cook uh, on screens because uh, yeah, the couple touchdowns to, to Rudolph in the end zone and a couple throws to to Diggs here and there. But um, overall, yeah, I think they they had a lot of the screen game working. Uh, they would scouted really well because uh, Dallas has uh, all year been been really bad against uh, receiving running backs and. Uh, been very susceptible to screens, and so they ran a lot of screens and were able to create room for for Cook. I mean, this was totally a Cook game, and he played super well. So that was good to see. Very happy with with uh, the the offense, and um, you know, towards the end of the game, the defense for for most of the game, the Vikings defense did not look great. Uh, Mari Cooper had a hell of a game, and and two years ago, the Vikings did not give up 100 yards to receivers ever, and uh, this one, uh, Mari Cooper almost had 200 yards and and a touchdown. So. Um, that, that was, that, I mean, that's tough to see. It's, it's not as fun <laughs> to, to watch the Vikings defense as it has been because they have been giving up a lot of chunk plays, uh, through the air. Um, and, and they're not creating as many turnovers or even getting as many sacks as they've used to in the past. So the, it's really relying a lot on Dalvin cook and the offense overall, uh, to, to win right now. But, um, Dallas though still looks really good. I mean, they couldn't get anything going with Zeke, but, uh, you know, Dak looked really sharp. Um, the, uh, uh, the receivers over overall as a whole looked really good. Cooper had a, an amazing game, uh, and their defense played well too. I thought overall, uh, just with um, some of the plays they made, um, they have some incredible pass rushers on that team. Uh, you just look at name, uh, you know, Robert Quinn, uh, Randy Gregory, um, uh, Michael Bennett. You know, they're they're really tough uh, front four right now. So uh, they're they're I think they're still always in games, and they're going to be a tough team to beat down the stretch too. But um, you know, it was happy to see uh, what I saw to the Vikings this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talk about, you know, Dalvin Cook versus Ezekiel Elliott. And Dalvin Cook right now leads the NFL in rushing. He's having an incredible season. This is a stud. Certifiably, he's a beast. And mm-hmm. uh, to the extent that the Vikings can build on his talent and win games that way, uh, I think you're going to have a lot of games to be happy about for the rest of this year. Because um, you're right. Yeah, a I lot think- of people... I think if they don't put it on the shoulders of Cousins, he's good enough to to get them to wins uh, if they don't put too much of the burden on him. And so as long as Cook is good, um, then Cousins is good enough to make up the difference. And a lot of people have Cook in the in the MVP conversation right now, and he, he has very similar numbers to uh, Adrian Peterson's MVP season. So um, could be a, a, an interesting, you know, if he stays healthy, knock on wood, got to find some wood. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Um, no, he, uh, I think if he stays healthy and, and continues to put up the numbers he's putting up, you know, it's very reasonable to see him potentially, uh, in, you know, MVP conversation here at the end of the year. Certainly valuable. He means a lot to those Vikes. Uh, let's go to our final game of the week, Monday night football, another classic, uh, San Francisco hosted Seattle and Seattle won this game 27, 24 in overtime in the last second of overtime, you and I were chatting mm-hmm. uh, during this game, and I said, oh, I'm not going to watch the second half. I'll go put on a movie. And I sat down and watched a couple minutes and was hooked and ended up watching this all the way to the end. And I'm so glad <laughs> I did because this was a fucking great game. Um, it was back and forth the whole way. Uh, San Francisco went up 10-0. Then Seattle came back and went up 21-10. And then it was back and forth from there. Uh, until the finish. Russell Wilson here, only 232 yards and a touchdown, uh, also had an interception. But, like, numbers can't I- explain how good Russell Wilson was in this game. Uh, Chris Carson was effective here, 89 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, they were without Tyler Lockett for most of this game. So DK Metcalf was the lead receiver with 70 yards. Uh, on the Niners' side of things, 
Jimmy Garoppolo had 248 yards, uh, one score and one touchdown, and they by committee had about 75 yards, uh, sorry, about 85 yards on the ground. Uh, Debo Samuel was the lead receiver with 112 yards. Um, this was this was just a great game between two great teams. I, I don't think I downgrade for the 49ers a lot here, but I think what this does, and we've talked a touch about this today, Russell. if Russell Wilson is not your MVP, you don't watch football. Like, he, mm-hmm. this is a guy who, I, I think if, if anyone were to start, if they, if they wiped away all the rosters in the NFL and they said, okay, whoever Cleveland, you get the number one pick. If you take anyone but Russell Wilson, I think you're stupid at this point. He, he means so much to that team, not only from the numbers he's putting up this year, which are the best of his career in his eighth year, but like he came out and in overtime while they were in the red zone through an interception and came off the field and was like, all right, guys, here we go, back out there, let's get the rock back and go win it, and then did. You know, uh, gets gets it back mm-hmm. with, with like a minute and a half left and goes down and gets the game-winning touchdown. There are 30 quarterbacks in the league that could never do that. And so what he showed in overtime was incredibly impressive uh, with, again, he's throwing to fucking nobody. DK Metcalf is his lead receiver, uh, and he had a couple ugly drops in this. So they overcame a lot to get the win here. Uh, San Francisco, for their part... You know, this San Francisco defense is incredible. They were chasing Wilson all over the field here. Uh, you know, his his only 230 yards of passing speak to that. Um, but offensively, in a game where they could not do a lot on the ground, they had under 100-yard rushing, which they averaged 200. Uh, <laughs> so Seattle did really, really well against the run here. And Garoppolo, when it came down to it, couldn't get it done at the end. And that was the difference in this game. And I don't think it's an insult to say Russell Wilson is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo, who was playing. This was only his 19th start. You know, people forget Mm -hmm. how young he is. So this is a game. I'm not taking anything away from the Niners, but this Seahawks team is really climbing my ladder because they're doing some stuff on the front seven. They added Jadavian Clowney during the year this year, and he's played super, super well. This is a team that all of a sudden is really good at the defensive front has an excellent quarterback and a run game. And I think this is the kind of team that really looks like even more of a threat than we were saying a couple weeks ago. Uh, at 8-2 and two now, they're in a position to potentially get this division from the Niners, but they look like they're playoff bound, and they're going to be a really tough out. Yeah, definitely tough with the way that, that um, Wilson's playing. Uh, and also, the, I don't think you're giving enough credit to the to their receiving core. They, they do actually have good receivers. Tyler Lockett's a former first-round pick who's played extremely well. DK Metcalf is a rookie and a first-round pick. Uh, and then Josh Gordon is on, on the team now, and he mm-hmm. uh, had a couple of really big plays this week. Yeah, he factored um, huge in that fourth quarter. So you're right. They have a. They actually have a ton of talent in their receiving core too. I mean, they're 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 they are a really good team. They don't have a great offensive line. I think that's probably where their their biggest um their their biggest uh you know negative or best biggest um exploitable piece on their team is is their offensive line. But um and and their defense obviously their defense still isn't very good other than you know you know Clowney has played pretty well and created some pressure, but uh, not a great secondary at all. And and you know they haven't been. This week they played well against the run and they probably game planned pretty well, but they haven't been great, you know, in any aspect this year. Um, but you know they're still pulling off a lot of a lot of crazy wins. They got Wilson, who is is the X factor, and you know just like Mahomes last year, you know he could win any game. Same thing with Wilson this year. Wilson could play any team anytime and beat them because of just how great he's playing. Um, I, I I I do like the Seahawks. I mean I I have come off my my stance and and I think that. Uh, what Russell Wilson, what he's doing is just absolutely incredible. So it's cool to see 
Um, the Niners still played really well too. This was this was a really resilient game for that team. They were down, like you said, twenty-one to ten, uh, and they came back. They fought. They had a couple. They had a defensive touchdown, and and um, you know Garoppolo didn't play really well in this game. He had a lot of uh, like really easy picks for the Seattle defense. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, and and he got very lucky. So this game could have been a lot lot worse than it was. But still good to see them fight and, uh, you know, come back. And, and still, unfortunately, you know, they just had this young kicker in there with Gold being out. You know, if Robbie, if Robbie Gold's in that game, they probably win it, uh, you know, at, at early on in overtime. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, you know, it's rough for them right now. But um, still, you know, amazing defense with, with uh, San Francisco. Um, and, and the offense is playing well enough where I still think they're a top team in the NFC. But you got you to gotta put Seattle, you know, a few steps ahead there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait to watch these guys play again in Seattle. I I can't say enough about Russell. I I get I get emotional watching Russell Wilson. It's it's weird, dude. Like last night I was watching that game and I was like, oh my god. And it's like that. Uh, what's that? There goes my hero. That song always plays when he walks out onto the field. Um, he's been really amazing to watch. He's one of those guys that you just gotta you just gotta watch and appreciate the shit that he's doing because he's been fucking awesome. Um, so the twenty seven twenty four overtime Seattle victory. Uh, closed out the week for us, and uh, as as luck would have it, it caused a four way tie in our pigskin pick'em matchup. Everyone <laughs> everyone picked six games correctly, so no winner this week. Uh, and we look forward to uh, to picking for week eleven. Um, so we're we're gonna spin on from week ten into week eleven, and uh, we're gonna get into our picks against the spread here. Uh, let's start with the game that already happened. Uh, last night's Thursday night football game. So we're going to have to spend time back uh, so that we can pick this one. An interesting matchup here, Seth. Thursday night football, Cleveland Browns will host the all of a sudden good Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, Cleveland is favored by two and a half points at home. And for me, I've seen the way this Steelers offense is playing or sorry, the Steelers' defense is playing, and I've seen the way this Cleveland offense is playing. I think this is an incredible matchup for Pittsburgh. They're, they're tough against the run, and they're going to make Baker pay when he makes mistakes. I think this is a low-scoring game, but I'm taking the field goal and Pittsburgh here on the road. Yeah, I agree with you. I, this is one where I think the, the the spread is just almost wrong. I don't know why the Browns would be the favorites here, just the way the Pittsburgh's played, and uh, they played some tougher opponents. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Steelers. I, I like that they're getting some points. I love it. Uh, we go to Carolina looking to bounce back at home against the Atlanta Falcons. The spread here is five and a half. I expect Carolina to cover that. Um, I, I'm not mm-hmm. going to get distracted by Atlanta beating the Saints this week. Carolina is frankly just a better team, and they're at home. I give them a touchdown or more here, so give me the Panthers. I also agree with that. Um, you know, I, I think that was just a, you know just a weird game for the Falcons, um, and you know they they kind of came off of their bye as well and had some momentum going, so. Um, yeah, but I, I do agree. I think the Panthers are just a better team and uh, got a better defense than, and especially, uh, we, we we didn't mention the Falcons. Uh, Devontae Freeman's going to be out for a little while, as well as Austin Hooper. Um, so they're they're missing two of their their best offensive weapons. Um, I don't think they're going to have as much output. Uh, I think the Panthers are going to dominate this one. Mm-hmm. We go to Miami, where the Buffalo Bills are looking to bounce back after their loss. Uh, Bills Dolphins here. This is the skinniest spread we've seen in a while for Miami. Five and a half points is what they're getting here. Seth, I I watched some of this Miami game, and I watched some of the Bills game this last weekend. And 
Five and a half points is a lot. It's tough to win by a touchdown in this league, especially for the Bills who really don't score a lot. These teams played once before, and Miami had their number for most of that game. I'm going to take the Dolphins plus five and a half at home here. They're on a two-game win streak. I don't know if they win this game, but I think they keep it close against a Bills team that hasn't really shown the capability to pull away from anybody. I totally agree with you on that one. I think uh, you know the last the last time these teams played, uh, I, I think I bet some money on it, and I was burned because I bet on the Bills. Um, I don't think it's going to happen again. I'm going with the Dolphins um, with that five and a half. Give me the five points. Yeah, I may never pick the Bills. Every time I do, they fucking lose. Um, <laughs> let's go to Detroit. The Lions will host the Dallas Cowboys coming off that uh, Sunday night loss. Detroit uh, is getting four and a half here. So Dallas is the favorite. The line is four and a half points. Uh, another case, Dallas is just the better team, and I think they're better by at least a touchdown here. So I'm going to take Dallas on the road. Uh, they're playing on turf. This is a fast offense, so I think there's going to be a lot of scoring here, and I think Dallas is going to cover the spread. I, you know, I have to agree with you as well. I think we're so far we've agreed on everything, but uh, you know, I, I just think that Dallas they they need this game in order to keep pace, um, and I think they're going to want to go out there and improve. You know that that they. Uh, uh, aren't going to go on, on on a losing streak, and that they're they're still an elite team. So, mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, I know we'll disagree on this next pick. Uh, your Vikings <laughs> are home in Minneapolis, and they're hosting the Denver Broncos. Uh, you know the spread here is ten and a half. The Vikings are favored by ten and a half, which is tough. We've seen the Vikings historically perform poorly when they're favored by so much, but I think there's just too much offense, and this is a good Denver defense. Don't get me wrong. But I think this Minnesota team is just too much, and I don't think Denver is going to be able to do a lot offensively. So I think I think that Minnesota wins by more than ten and a half. I think it's maybe like a twenty-eight to ten type game. I would enjoy that very much, but uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I think Denver is going to keep it close with their good defense coming off a bye. They've had an extra time extra time to prepare for the Vikings going at the Broncos. All right, Broncos plus ten for Seth. <laughs> Uh, let's go to Indianapolis. Here's an interesting one. The Colts host the Jaguars and the Colts are favored by two and a half. Seth, for me, this is going to be contingent upon the, the, the return of Jacoby Brissett. And I don't have that Mm -hmm. data. So what I will tell the listeners is this, I am choosing the Colts for now, assuming Brissett will play. If Brissett sits in this game, I'm going to change my pick to Jacksonville. What say you? I, I agree with you on that one. Um, I believe Brissett's playing, but you know if not, I'll, I'll probably switch it. But Funkmaster Nicky Nick, as you like to call him, is going to be back under center for the Jaguars. So that's right. Um, we'll see if we'll see if maybe that makes a difference. Um, you know, personally, I think uh, you know Minshew Mania needed to stay because he's uh, you know probably the future quarterback of the Vikings. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I got to go with the Colts if if, uh, if uh, Jacoby Brissett's playing. I dig it. Uh, we move on to Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers, they're one of Coe's teams, and they're going to host the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the spread here is five and a half points, and I know I'm going to be in the minority on this, but I'm I'm going to take a Coe's team plus five and a half. The Bucks at home, uh, they have been playing well offensively. What I'm nervous about are, is Winston turning it over against a very good Saints defense. Um, but the Saints offense really struggled against the run against Atlanta, and this is a better Tampa Bay rush defense than they saw last week. So I think the Bucks keep this close, and if I'm getting five and a half, I'm going to take them uh, for Tampa Bay at home. 
Might be a, a, a better uh, Tampa Bay rush defense, but it is a much worse uh, Tampa Bay pass defense. Uh, I think that this is going to be a game where Drew Brees is going to Drew Brees, uh, Drew Brees <laughs> is going <laughs> to is going to be coming out with uh, with with a lot of intensity. He's, he's going to want to just shut up anyone who uh, his name's Cody Michael is doubting him. So um, I, I'm going with with the Saints to to dominate this game uh, and win by much more than five and a half points. All right. Uh, potentially a uh, over uh, the total points uh, bet for, for this week. Uh, I like a lot of scoring in that one. Uh, I like very little scoring in this next one. Uh, Washington Redskins are playing host to the New York Jets. And the, the Redskins here are favored uh, for what might be the first time this season by 1.5 points here. Uh, New York seems to have figured out a little bit here, at least how to score the ball. Uh, they're coming off a win against the Giants at home. Uh, you know, this game is pick 'em, so I'm just going to take the point and a half uh, for the Jets. And and what I know will be an incredibly boring game. I will probably not watch a snap. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think this is a pick 'em too. Um, I'm just going with the home team uh, in this one. I'm going with the Redskins. I really have no merit to be like, oh, Redskins are going <laughs> to win this one. I have no clue who's going to win it. This this one is just like, you know, I'm going to go with the home team coming off a bye. Let's go with the Redskins. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Now, I, neither of those, I've not described either of these two teams as America, uh, as a co, as a co-team, um, but this, this next one might be America's game of the week here. Uh, we have the Houston Texans traveling to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Uh, Ravens are favored by four and a half, uh, and they've been playing well, but Houston has also been playing very well. They're figuring a lot of things out. Uh, they're six and three, only a game behind Baltimore right now here, uh, but I'm going to take the Ravens at home minus four and a half. I think they're just going to be too much uh, for a defense that is improved for Houston, but I do not think they're ready for Lamar Jackson. So far, nobody has been. So uh, Ravens here uh, minus four and a half is my pick. I agree. Um, I just think the Ravens have, have been putting up too many points lately. The Texans have not been very good defensively. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, like you mentioned, mostly on the Ravens side, if I were to bet. But I, I agree that uh, I think the Ravens win this one. And I don't know if it's particularly that close, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, something about this says, you know, Ravens may end up running away. They're on a fucking roll, especially ja- Jackson. He can't be touched right now. Um, yeah. We go to San Francisco. The Niners will look to get back on track against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this, this, they, these teams just played a couple weeks ago on Thursday night in a very, very good game. Uh, Arizona, you know, one of Coe's teams, I've really enjoyed what I've seen from them, even in losses these last few weeks. And the spread here, Seth, 13 and a half points in favor of the Niners. Now, maybe I'm, uh, maybe this is recency bias. Maybe I'm putting too much credence on the, uh, the Thursday night game that was close, but I'm going to go ahead and take two touchdowns uh, and the Cardinals, even on the road here. I do think San Francisco wins this. I just think two touchdowns is a lot to ask here. I know it's a lot, and and I've been back and forth on this one, but I think I'm going to go with the Niners in this one. This is just a gut feeling. I think that um, them coming off the loss, a tough loss Monday night, uh, I think that this is going to be a make make or break games in, in terms of like, here's how this team is. Are they a team that's going to put a loss like that behind them? Or are they going to uh, and, and come out there and play, it, uh, you know, just a, a flawless game and, and dominate it? Or are they going to let this affect them? I think either they win by by those two touchdowns or I think they lose. Honestly, uh, I think this is just one of the one of those things where they 
they, 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 this is a response game. You know, they're coming up against a team that's clearly inferior to them. Um, they need to make a statement here in this one. So, uh, I think that I'm going to personally pick them on the, the two touchdown side, 13 and a half points. Uh, I hope, I think they'll win by, but you know, if not, I could see them, them just kind of getting in their head and, and maybe losing this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a, an interesting game, potentially one of those trap games, uh, that they talk about. We go to Oakland, where my Raiders are hosting the Cincinnati Bengals here. Raiders are favored at home by 10.5 points. I'm not going to dramatize it, Seth. Uh, I'm taking the Raiders here. I think they blow out the the Bengals. Uh, I picked that as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love my Raiders. Um, We'll be talking about the 6-4 and Raiders a week from now. Let's see. Sunday, still in the afternoon games. Here's another good one. The Philadelphia Eagles will host... The New England Patriots here. Uh, the spread here, three and a half. So this is a pretty tight game. Vegas thinks this is going to be a close one. I disagree. I think the Patriots, <laughs> I, I know that I know New, that Philadelphia has looked pretty good for a couple games, and I know New England just lost. But New England is a better team. They're better coached. You have the Super Bowl rematch sort of aspect. So Belichick, you know, is going to be prepping. Belichick is coming off a bye where he never yep. loses. Uh, alongside Brady. So I think the Patriots end up running away with this and embarrassing Philly at home. Uh, Even if it's not a blowout, I I definitely think they win by four or more. So eat your points and give me the Patriots. Yeah, you listed every single reason why I think this is going to be a New England game. So uh, (laughs) all all the stuff I was going to say, you said it. So uh, yeah, I'm going with the Patriots as well. All right, we go now to Sunday night football. I'm excited to watch this one. Uh, My Rams... Uh, will be hosting the Chicago Bears here. So this is an interesting game. Two teams that have underperformed expectations this season uh, but are still kind of clinging to relevance here. Uh, the Rams being the home team are favored by 6.5 points. And the Rams are my team. I love them to death, but my brain is too loud here. 6.5 is too much. Uh, this Rams offense has not been playing well. The Bears' defense, even though you know the team in general has not played well, this is still the Bears' defense. They completely shut down the Rams last season. Uh, the Rams have shown against the Niners and against Pittsburgh that that they're not defense-proof. Um, uh, the Bears will, are likely to get after Goff in here and, uh, and really make it tough on him. So I do think the Rams end up winning this game, but not by more than six. So I'm going to take the Bears plus points, even though I think they lose. Again, I have to agree with you. Um, I just can't believe you know someone would pick against their team. That's crazy. <laughs> um, it's the first time this season that I have. It's true. Um, no, I. But all the reasons again that you listed, I, I totally agree with. I, you know, I, I think the Bears keep this close. Um, I, you know, I hate to say it honestly, but I could see them winning this game. Um, I, if Khalil Mack goes crazy like he did last year, um, you know, I, I think that uh, it, you know if he's all over Goff. It's going to be a rough day for the Rams. So I, I know that the Bears can't put up a lot of points, but um, you know, you know, if this is a close game, that's you know under, you know, this is like a you know thirteen ten game or something like that. I think that thirteen is probably going to lean more towards the the Bears than it would be the Rams. I, I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked, depend, uh, based on what I've seen lately. So we shall see. I'm excited to watch that one on Sunday night. Let's go to Monday night football. We go to Mexico City, where the Chargers will play the home team. Uh, but this is in Mexico. The Chiefs are coming as well. So Chiefs finally get to play in Mexico after not getting to last season because uh, that game was moved to L.A. But the Chargers here are getting three and a half points against the Chiefs. And again, I'm going to lean on Coe's team here because 
<laughs> the Chargers have played well. They've figured out an offensive identity in these last couple weeks that has netted dividends. They didn't get the win last week, uh, but they have played better. And the Chiefs, I think, are trending in the opposite direction. They've lost three out of five. Uh, all three of Mahomes' most recent three starts they've lost. Um, and I think the Chargers' offense will do enough to keep this close. Um, this, this I think, will need to be a high-scoring game if the Chargers are going to win. Um, but the three and a half points is just, if this were two and a half, I'd be taking the chiefs, but three and a half, that extra point here has me leaning the chargers. Uh, I'm not crazy confident in this one, but, um, but I, I think this one is going to be closer than people think. I don't, I'm going with the chiefs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think this is another one where, you know, it's a team coming off of a, a tough loss. I, I think this is going to be a, a, a game where the chiefs need to prove something. They need to make a statement. Uh, against a team that that is you know much I I think is inferior to them you know in terms of just overall talent I don't like the Chargers man I'm sorry I know you've you've always loved them but I've always not liked them I think that they're just not well coached they don't have a ton of talent um you know I just think they you know they have they have a lot of good pieces but you know I think they're mediocre in a lot of areas and uh I don't know I just don't like the Chargers so I'm going with the Chiefs (laughs) all right well that's going to be our Monday night football game if you want to pick alongside Seth and I then uh, head on over to our pigskin pick them. You can link to it in the description box. Uh, pick alongside us. And if you win, if you beat Seth and I, uh, you can send a voicemail that we will play on next week's show. So, um, you know, jump on the link and get beat by us. Um, I'm, I'm, this is an interesting week. I don't feel crazy confident about many of my picks, um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how the games play out. So that is our week 11 preview. We're not putting any money on the pigskin pick them, but you might want to make some. And if you do, you're going to want to listen to this guy. Let's get into Seth's bets. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Hell yeah. That gets me hyped. <laughs> um, so yeah, last week I did really well. Um, I went four for five. I had a bounce back week after going one for six and two for six in the last two weeks. Um, but uh, yeah, I got the over 44 and a half for the Jets and Giants. Uh, Miami ten and a half points. Uh, getting those, I, I won that. Arizona, uh, one of Coe's teams. Um, uh, yeah, buddy. I, I, they had they were getting four and a half points against Tampa Bay. They they kept it close there and got it for me. And then uh, I had a late late bet for Chicago. Um, it's a minus six and a half. They won by seven. So a lot of really close ones for me. But I got really lucky. So some ones I really like this week. I already mentioned earlier with 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 Pittsburgh getting three points. I just think that's wrong. I yeah, I think that. I think that they're going to win this game, and so getting three points, give me that all day. Uh, Jets and uh, excuse me, Jets and and uh, Redskins uh, play this week. Uh, the over under is only thirty eight points. I think you know after we saw the amount of points the Jets put up that last week, you know uh, I think they put up like thirty one points or something like that. Washington has had a few games this year where they put up twenty to thirty points. I just think that both have both teams have bad defenses and and offenses that have been able to put up points this year. So. Um, I think this is going to be well over 38. Uh, we, uh, we talked about New England and Philadelphia. New England, minus three and a half. Give me that. I think this is going to be uh, a dominant game by the by the, the Patriots. Um, I hate to do this to you, man, but I like that plus seven for Chicago. I don't blame I, I, you. I really do. I don't blame you. So I, I think that's a good one. And then finally, uh, we talked about going to be a high-scoring game, Houston and Baltimore. Over-under is 50 points right now. I like the over for that. I think that's I, – I mean – just in the last two weeks alone, I think I know last week the the uh, Ravens put up what forty nine points, 
uh, and and then uh, the week before they put up like 38 or something like that. So just on their own, they can get really close to the over under 50, I think, uh, especially with Houston's defense. Uh, but Houston has a great offense too, and I, I think that I could easily see them putting up around 20 points as well. So uh, I think that'll be an easy over on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like those. Um, and yeah, it, again, my heart says never pick against the Rams, but that that six and a half seems like too much. So I'm not even hating on you for for that pick. And you're. You're getting an extra half point here with the, the Iowa bets of plus seven, so um, even even more points for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I very much hope you lose money on that, but um, <laughs> I, I won't. Suck it. I won't be betting the Rams this week. I can tell you that. Um, so those are the the picks. So if you are capable of betting uh, legally in your state for money, then uh, pick those five games, and you're guaranteed. Seth will pay the the losses if you don't win uh, <laughs> on on his bets for the week. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right, we got the money in the bag, so uh, we got to finish this podcast up here pretty soon. But before we go, we got to leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, I'm going to try to con- convert America into Oakland Raiders fans. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Oakland Raiders, five and four. They're a half game back from the um from kc for that division i'm going to read you the schedule for the rest of the year for the raiders okay the raiders have remaining they play the bengals this week and then the jets that sounds like two wins to me so you're looking potentially at a seven and four team then they play the chiefs so that's potentially a position where they could jump into first place if they beat the chiefs in that game uh, they have the Titans then and the Jags, a couple tough games, and they finish with two division games, the Chargers and the Broncos. At least all of these, with exception to the Chiefs, are going to be under a touchdown games. Uh, I think they're favored against the Bengals and Jets. I think the Titans, Jags, Chargers, and Broncos are all touchdown or less spreads, even if the Raiders aren't favored. This is a team that probably has the rookie of the year on it. Um, the uh, oh gosh, Josh Jacobs, the rookie from uh, from Bama, he's playing super well. <laughs> Derek Carr is finding his way back to he was you, you don't, don't forget a few years ago this guy was an MVP candidate before he got hurt, and you have um, you have a defense that is it, that is better than you realize. Yes, it is ranked poorly. Okay, the, the defensive rankings, the stats do not help, but they're fifth fewest in rushing yards allowed and sixth fewest in rushing touchdowns allowed. So they're stopping the run. Uh, they're not great against the pass, though, so they are allowing points here. So this is a team that is not the most complete team, okay? They're not the sexiest team. They're not the the Ravens, and they're not the fucking Saints, okay? But this is a team that's good enough to win any game it steps the, steps on the field to play, and John Gruden is their coach. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of questions in John Gruden in his first season last year, a lot of questions around his personnel moves, but the X's and O's on the field, this guy fucking knows them better than anybody in the league or close to it. So... He makes a big difference here. I think, Seth, that this Oakland team is going to the playoffs. Put a pin in this. I would bet you money Oakland will make the playoffs this season. I have a lot of faith in this, and I want America to agree with me. Um, So Oakland to the playoffs is my one more thing. I think it's going to happen. Wow. Yeah. Very passionate. I'm telling about, you, man. About the Oakland Raiders. I love Coast teams, man. I love Coast teams. And if the Rams, <laughs> oh if the Rams, if the Rams aren't going to make the playoffs, I need to find a way to get a team in. So. Holy crap. <laughs> now I hope the Raiders miss the playoffs more than I hope the Rams miss the playoffs. Well, I, um, if the Rams make it and the Raiders don't, I'll, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that's true. I don't. I don't want the Rams to make the playoffs because that means they'll probably take the Viking spot. Um, 
I mean, that, I'm I'm happy for you, I guess. I don't know <laughs> how to respond to that. I'll tell you how to respond, uh, Seth. You say, this is what you say. Yes, I agree, Cody. I don't know if I agree, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like the Raiders just fine. They look good, but I, I can't say they're... You know, they're, they're a team just as easily, I think, that could go on a losing streak as, as much as they did on a winning streak. So, you know, I don't know. Um, but I'm happy that you've made that statement and you're very passionate about it. I'm glad to see some life back in your eyes there. Um, <laughs> I, uh, um, fortunately, own- I I don't mind being passionately wrong. Okay, so if I'm wrong about this, <laughs> I more than welcome the viewers or the listenership to torch me. Um, but I'm going out on a limb here. And uh, I like the Raiders. And I, I believe in them this year. If they don't, if they even, regardless of what they do this year, next year, this team has two Mm -hmm. first round draft picks. Watch the fuck out. They also have a ton of cap space. This team is real next season. I would put money on them now to make the playoffs next year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree with that. I I don't know. Yeah. I've talked about all year. I think they need um, 100%. They need a a threat at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, Tyrell Williams is fine. Hunter Renfro's looked okay. Um, and then, I mean, like tight end, you have Darren Waller, who's looked good, but even the last few weeks, he's been kind of down and he's a fifth year guy. So it's not like, you know, he's, he, the fifth year breakout is something that doesn't happen very often. So, (laughs) you know, it's not like he's a rookie, but you know, you never know, but with, with them, they need, they need a top 10 top end wide receiver and they need, um, you know, someone in the secondary. Um, so if they address that in, in the off season, uh, especially the, the secondary part of it, um, I think that they're they definitely could not only be a playoff contender, but like a a, a legitimate like Super Bowl uh, team, like team to play in the Super Bowl. Um, I you know I, I don't know about this year though, so uh, again I'm happy for you. <laughs> um, why my one more thing is uh, much less impassionate, uh, much less. Uh, it's more of a fun thing. Um, so uh, this week, I don't know if uh, you saw that, uh, Stefan Diggs, and actually the entire week was promoted because it was a Texas football game. Um, uh, but specifically with, with, with Stefan, Stefan Diggs they did a little feature for him where, um, you know, he got to pick his cle- uh, cleats this week and he went with, um, something that, that makes me, you know, just so happy to have him as, as a wide receiver on my favorite team. I'm so happy that he was there for the Minneapolis miracle. He's just a great guy, but he he really cemented it this week because his cleats uh, were were cleats of Stone Cold Steve Austin, oh, and that uh, made me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find. Uh, he talked. Uh, they're awesome. They're really cool. I I want them. Like I I would pay money for those cleats. But uh, he uh, he they did a little feature and he talked. They talked about like their the game was in Texas and Stone Cold did some promos for it. Um, you know before like for, for NBC talking about. Um, you know, the Vikings and, and Cowboys and stuff. Um, but he was talking about, you know, he's like, the, we're in Texas and I want to, you know, I want to put my, the, someone who's synonymous with Texas on there. And he said, my favorite wrestler growing up was Stone Cold. I'm like, all right, Stefan, you're the fucking man. Uh, so uh, we'll, 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 we'll uh, brush aside the stuff earlier this season where you wanted out of Minnesota and all that stuff when you were upset. We'll let that go. We'll let that slide. But, uh, you know, you're back in my good graces. <laughs> These cleats are fucking dope. Aren't they? They have uh, <laughs> they have him given the bird and it's like blurred out. Oh, this is. Yeah. I would buy the fuck out of these. Uh, you, you can't because right? they're super custom. But I would definitely buy a pair of these to just have. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking cool. I want it. I want shoes like that, just like regular shoes. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Those are stellar. Uh, they're Adidas. Uh, crazy cool. I'll link to in the description box to a picture of these things. They're pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a perfect marriage of two of Seth's favorite things. 
Right. I love it. So, um, well, even, even then, like with the promos of Stone Cold, I'm like, uh, this, he, he said he was talking about the Vikings, Stone Cold Steve Austin talking about the, about the Vikings. The only thing missing was him like eating ice cream. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> like he, all my favorite things were in one video. Oh my gosh. I'm you were just on cloud nine. I'm sure, uh, <laughs> on Sunday night. So happy to see we're both happy. You got football and the you got the Vikings and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I got to make a wildly speculative pick that may not turn out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all of our favorite things. Oh my gosh, uh, we're we're self indulging this week. And one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Um, make sure that you subscribe wherever it is you're listening, so you get new episodes of this show every Friday and of the main show every Thursday. Um, also, if you can go to anchor and become a contributor, uh, shouts out to Mike, Jared and Fuh for, uh, being contributors so far. <laughs> if you are unable or don't want to contribute, I would understand. Uh, just keep clicking on these episodes, keep sharing it with friends. Every, every listen helps. Uh, so we really appreciate, uh, you guys doing that with us. Uh, if you want a pigskin pick them alongside Seth and I head over to the pigskin pick them link, which is in the description box. Uh, you can jump in anytime and just pick weekly. And if you win, uh, you can have your voice played on the SoCo Sports Show in a future week. So lots of great stuff going on. Uh, Week 11 coming down the pipe. We'll be back next week to recap it and to uh, preview the the Week 12 games as well. So uh, that's in seven days. Uh, For now, though, he is Seth Ott. I am Coco Rabbit, and we will see you next week. Bye. And boom goes the dynamite.